Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, it's a therapy session. For a part of it, yeah, sure. For a part of it. It's definitely um, a therapy session. We're clearly talking about Florida's loss to Texas A&M on the road. We will get to that in a bit. That will kick off our rapid reactions. We will know oh, Tyler with the in-game yeah, updates. Yes, yeah. I see. Uh, oh, end of the third. Miami is leading the 49ers by 20 Tyler, points, if so. you don't think I have a stream up directly above your face, you are dead wrong, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love you and I love the pod, but buddy, this is a rarity. No, I get you. I get you. <laughs> Uh, we're going to get to rapid reactions leading off with the Gators. Then we're going to get into five wide, two point, recap the score to date, and we will find a moment of the week, Tyler. We'll find some optimism in this dark weekend in Gator football. Let's start with the AP Top 25 on quick hits. Tyler, there has been a few updates. Most notably, our Florida Gators have dropped from number four down to number six, and our opponent, the Texas A&M Aggies, have jumped up from number 21 to number 11. Those are the two largest drops in each we dropped, direction. I thought we, we dropped to number 10, but we dropped six spots. Did I say we dropped to six? Yeah, we dropped to 10. We're still ahead I of meant we, A&M, Yeah, but... I meant we dropped ten, six spots. My apologies. Okay. Thank you very much. Still a top 10 team. Still a top 10 team. I think another couple notables. Two, two of the teams in the top 10 aren't playing. So Correct. So that would be Penn State and Ohio State at nine and six, respectively. Tyler, UNC, welcome to the top five. Yeah. <laughs> A number five in the country, Mac Brown led North Carolina. And I got to say, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but like, I ain't got no qualms with it right now. I got no problems with that at all. I think um, after our performance this past week, the number one, two, and three of Clemson, Bama, Georgia is is confirmed. Pretty for spot sure. on. Yep, pretty spot on. Question is the number four spot right now. Notre Dame is filling in that spot. The aforementioned North Carolina Tar Heels at, Tar Heels at five. Ohio State's probably going to sit at six until they play a football game. I think that's smart. Yep. I think that's a fine spot there. And then Oklahoma State, highest-ranked Big 12 team in its seven. Cincinnati, the highest-ranked group of five teams with a realistic opportunity to make – if they're ranked eighth in week six, that's a realistic talking – okay, all right. I'm talking myself Don't too much into calm it. Calm down. I'm, I want chaos, Tyler. I want chaos. Yeah, but I, I think there's going to be too much chaos for them. Mm, like, okay. I Cincinnati needs chaos for it to happen to other teams. Mm, <laughs> not necessarily. Needs chaos to not happen to them, and I have no confidence in chaos not touching every single team that's playing football this, this season. Yeah, if you think your team is immune to chaos. Cincinnati's not safe. Like, Yeah. If you think your team is immune to chaos this year, oh boy, do you have you another find thing out. coming. You're going to find out. Miami drops down to 13 after that loss to Clemson on the road. Oregon sitting tight and pretty at 12. Hasn't played a football game. Um, BYU still at 15. Underranked. Un- under The underranked. The, something in the milk out there. Zach Wilson has train. Yeah, and then out we have here. an interesting like group of teams here in the back half. You got Tennessee at 18. So they go from, what, 14 to 18. 18. Yeah. Um, Iowa State, welcome back. Let's go. Um, Let's go. 20. I, for one, never lost faith, and we will talk about that you later. You are. I don't want to hear, I don't wanna I hear am, it. I am Kansas State furious. at 22, Virginia Tech at 23, Minnesota, and USC rounding it out. Um, all right, Tyler, anything you want to mention here before we move forward? I mean, I really don't have any complaints as yeah. to the way that this is laid out. Again, no. it's weird with a lot of teams that aren't playing yet, but probably do fit in in those spots. And again, once again, it doesn't really matter, like – until because it'll all get sorted out by the season's end right exactly so, um, and especially I, I don't really in, a, have in a few weeks major things especially in a few weeks when we have all conferences playing mm-hmm. so there's that there's that 
All right, Tyler, let's go into rapid reactions. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Texas A&M, 41. Florida, 38. Tyler, before we go ahead and we really dive straight into it, I want to read off a statistic that I saw today on Mm -hmm. the um, Florida Gators subreddit. It was pulled from NCAA.com. And of the 76 teams that have played football this season, Florida's defense ranks 75th in third down conversion efficiency. Oh, my goodness. And I think that about sums up everything you need to know about this Texas A&M game. Um, Yeah, so you know that line? There's a line that's commonly used in football where it's like, oh, the offense or the defense has to play perfect to win. In Florida's case, they literally had to play perfect to win this game. I, I there's no doubt in my mind. Still, I think Florida is a better football team than Texas A&M, and I know that might be a little weird, simply because I think one of their sides of the ball is a championship level. Yes, one is very much not, and um, Texas A&M has two okay sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. So. But the problem becomes um, Florida. Florida's offense had to play perfect. Florida made two mistakes in this game. They they only Florida's offense only really made two mistakes all day that cost them anything. They had to punt once, mm-hmm. which already you can tell One, where we're going yeah. here. Yep. And two on their last on their last possession, Malik Davis fumbled the ball. Yep. Um, not ideal. Not no. Cost not ideal. Florida a chance to win the game, but was not the reason they were in that spot. Correct. Um, There's a lot of Florida listen, made two mistakes. I'm, Tyler, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I need to jump in in this specific moment since we're talking about Malik Davis. As someone who has defended Malik Davis for over four years now, I need everyone to understand: Malik Davis is not the reason the Gators lost this football game. Malik no. Davis should have held on to the football. Absolutely. Was it a mistake? 100%. Was he hard on himself? I can guarantee you, he was hard on himself. But he was not the reason that the Gators lost this game. The Gators yeah. lost this game on the defensive side of the ball, which is yeah. what you were about to get into, Tyler. And I will go ahead. Um, well, let's just talk about how the fact that, like, first of all, I'm furious for multiple reasons. Uh, the biggest being that now Florida's defense made Kellen Mond look like what everyone thinks Kellen Mond is, but he's only <laughs> ever been in, like, two games. Like Tyler, today One of them I, being this game. I was today so furious. I, Today this I was like the a, worst team for this to happen to me. Exactly. Today I was in an intramural softball game, and uh, my friend Kevin Borba, he's a Texas fan. He looked at me. He was like, "Hey, man, like, we we're both wearing black sweaters." Ironically, he was like, "Yeah, we both wore black." You know, and I was like, "Oh, yikes! Sorry, dude. You are right." <laughs> and he said, "It's weird. You guys made Kellen Mond look good." And I said, "I know. That's the frustrating part." And he said, "Kellen Mond looks like he just learned to. Kellen Mond throws like he just learned he's right-handed." <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Here's here's the thing. Um, the story of Todd Grantham's defense at Florida mm-hmm. has been in the three seasons that he's the two and a half seasons that he's had so far, two and a quarter seasons, is playing well. Obviously, Thurman Grantham's part of it, but Todd Grantham's defense is in, the story has been told by an inability for his defenses when going up against smart quarterbacks mm-hmm. or just good quarterbacks that can identify a blitz. Um, his inability to deal with them, yeah, and inability to um pressure them. The whole thing, like you saw it with Kelamon, like anytime Florida's blitzing, Kelamon knew exactly where it was coming from. Yeah, that's part of being a Jimbo Fisher quarterback. Is that like, right. I mean, Jimbo Fisher has a problem where he ends up uh, 
you know, kind of he overcomplicates things. I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I agree. In times like this, his his quarterback is smart, and Todd Grantham. We saw last the two games that Florida lost last year were against the two best quarterbacks they faced. That's not a coincidence. Yes, right. it was against the two best teams, but Joe Burrow had a, a record breaking season, and Jake Fromm, for nothing else, has always been a very smart quarterback. Yeah. Um, Jake Fromm is, is like premium game. oil now, in your car. And now, with his worst of his three defenses, in a year where defenses generally are already a step behind, mm-hmm. this, a massive problem and divide has been created in yeah. this side of the ball in Florida. This is the worst Florida defense I think I've ever seen. It's it's pretty bad. And, it, and I think what shocks me the most, Tyler, is that players like Marco, players like Sean Davis, that in the past have stepped up and have played at a high quality are shells of themselves. I counted three plays where Marco got beat on big, deep plays, and I he was making an effort, obviously. But mm-hmm. to the naked eye, it looked like he wasn't giving an effort. You know? It's yeah. it's it's there. It's being not being put in the position to succeed, you know? And like you said, Kellen Mon is a smart quarterback. Jimbo Fisher prepares his quarterbacks to be intelligent and be able to recognize those types of things. So when that stuff is going on, when you go up against a quarterback like that, Todd Grantham needs to be able to adjust. He needs to be able to change things up and say, hey, that's not going to work. This pressure, his, his, uh, his defense is built to disrupt a first or second year quarterback who is adjusting from high school to college. That's what his defense is built to do. You disrupt the quarterback, you make him put him under pressure, you force him to make a bad decision, and that's how you defend him. Yeah. He's not scheming against other offensive schemes. Like, it's it's not a well-thought-out... The concept is not very well-thought-out. Well, like, the principle of his defense, absolutely, 100%, makes mm-hmm. sense down. But it doesn't, like, it's just built around this one principle. It's not built for any adaptation. It's not built mm-hmm. for really any variation. And, like... I think a lot of it has to do with, again, with the worst defense that he's had already. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do think this defense is less Player talented wise, than yeah. two, the last two. I agree. I agree. That's no excuse for it being this bad. No. Marco Wilson looks lost on yeah. defense. And I don't understand it because he wasn't like that the last two years. Right. And that is a player that played in the same defense last year and looks more lost now. Marco Marco got the lion's share of targets last year because C.J. Henderson was on, that, uh, on the other side of... Uh, of the of the defense and he performed fantastic now they are purposely targeting marco they're looking at marco and saying this is a weakness in this florida defense which is a big thing to say because the defense ain't looking too hot so they're actually going out of their way and that's what's frustrating it's also frustrating on the defensive line when everything is geared around pressuring the quarterback and your ends are no not. pass rush there no is pass rush. there is no cc jefferson from when i was when i was at school there is no dante fowler jr there is no jonathan Grenard. you know there none of those players exist none of those players yeah. are there and if they are there then they have not stepped up and they have not delivered and it's a, unacceptable that the offense needs to play a perfect i'm not even saying near perfect they need to play a perfect game because like you said they made two mistakes yesterday two mistakes and, th- and that's also on the top of like this wasn't a mistake but there was a, a no a a called incomplete pass that kyle pitts i think he actually caught but they didn't even review it right. if they had reviewed it and overturned it then whatever but that's but tyler that's, what do, but that's what not even a mistake always say, what you do gotta we always overcome. say you, gotta you can't overcome. let the refs decide the game you can't put it in their hands and that's the thing 
Like I'm just this is just to go to show like how thin the margin of error. I'm not saying right. that Florida got screwed or anything. No, I know, I know you're didn't. not. No, we are in um, we are in locksmith. No, yeah, it's just yeah. that like that's the level at which Florida's offense was so prepared to win this game. Play in my I said it before the with the broadcast before we started recording, but like in a lot of ways the performance in in this loss felt more encouraging for Kyle Trask than the previous two games. Like. Yeah. Just seeing a higher level of competition, a better defense, mm-hmm. him showing out deep passing. There was that one interception he threw that got called back, which was lucky. But mm-hmm. um, he showed I up think, to play. He, he showed, showed up to play. play. And I think what's happening, and I hope doesn't happen in the offense, is that, like, I think the offense suspected maybe before, but they know now they have mm-hmm. to ball to win. This is this is not, the inverse. not like they ball and, like, okay, maybe the defense gives up a couple of points. No, they have to ball to win. And that. I think might get on get into the offensive players' heads because now and, there's all the pressures on them. Well, we saw this in 2015. Yeah, just on the other side of the ball after Greer went down and Treon Harris was at quarterback. The defense, in my opinion, the greatest defense in NCAA history. That defense looked at each other and said, "We cannot give up a touchdown because if we do, the game is over." They yeah. knew how incompetent the other side of the ball was, and you're right. That's happening now. I feel like that now because we we listen. We we understand that this is a hard pivot from what we've been saying for two weeks. We've been saying have patience with the defense, this and that, whatever. Da da da. But there were a lot of other factors. Three games is enough of a sample size now to be able to make this assumption and say, yeah, this defense is bad. They're bad. Like, they're and bad, bad. And like it's so happened? and it's so upsetting because, <laughs> Tyler, at one point we were DBU. <laughs> Yeah, not not anymore. Not luckily, anymore. luckily LSU's not doing too hot either. So like, <laughs> I feel a little bit more okay with it. I think but, I think the DBU moniker retired from all yeah, college sports. Yeah, no. Um, I'll say like, and that's and the other frustrating part again is that I truly this is a championship level offense. This is an oh, elite yeah. college offense. Oh yes, Caltrask is still playing at a Heisman level in my opinion. Yep. Yep. And I think it's going to be wasted on this defense. Now I want to you know let's. Bring it down a little. Let's yeah. calm down a little. I talking to my friend of the pod, Michael Phillips, about this, where he's just like, well, the season's kind of like he doesn't mean it. it's like he's like do it was a little bit of the doom and gloom, like season's over. And I'm like, season's not over. Mathematically, you take one loss. Yep. Here's the thing. I tweeted this and I still believe it. Like, I, if the defense is this, if if we're playing this defense against Georgia, we ain't winning. Win- winning what? The game. What <laughs> um, what game? Because the Florida Georgia game. Uh, are we even allowed to have that conversation? Yeah. I don't think I, the defense is so bad. I don't even want to talk about that game, Tyler. Yeah, that's my that's my point. Like, but you know, Georgia's going to take a loss because Alabama's beating them next week. I'm just yeah. I'm, well, Alabama's. I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now. Yes, I'm not yes. myself. But like mathematically, everything you want is still ahead of you, which mm-hmm. should galvanize them to fix these issues the only problem is as my as michael also put is that like not even just do you have confidence that these issues will be fixed but can these issues be fixed with the current roster yeah i mean i I, i'm at the point now where i'm kind of like i mean i still like marco wilson but like at this point try other players like at this try the young guys see what honestly honestly the reason i think that the problem is is that and this has not always been the case for like these these dbs but like even if you're playing bad, what is going to galvanize you to get better if they're not going to pull you off the field? Yeah. 
And at no point yesterday did they pull Marco Wilson off the field. Despite the fact that just specifically in that game, he was being he was a liability that game. Yeah. And they didn't pull him off the field like at all. And yeah. I, I know that you've got a bunch of freshmen and young guys that are in there that may not may be worse, but you you gotta you gotta try and get a spark. There's a very human emotion element to this game of football, and like, yeah. I don't know. It's funny. We'll it's funny how I I never thought I would when Dan Mullen came to UF. I never thought I would be in a situation like I was in 2015, where I was so clearly watching a championship level. One side, of the ball. one side of the ball and just a high school level other side. And I, cause I thought the defense would take care of itself. We are a good defensive school. We recruit well on the defense side of the ball. I was he's going to fix the offense and we're good. And here we are five years later with our problems have flipped that flipped. The only consistency here, Evan McPherson still kicking them 53 yarders. Like it's Oof, nothing automatic, um, automatic. So yeah, glad to have just, him again. Here's the one thing I, I, Last little thing probably I'll say about this. Yeah. Um, and I did tweet this, but I was like, I can't remember time. I felt so much drastically different emotions watching Florida's two sides of the ball. Everybody's like, what about all those years we were great on defense and bad on offense? And I'm like, yeah, but as you, even if you have a great defense, you never want to see your defense on the field. Correct. Like, I get excited when the offense yes. pops on the field. Even yes. when I have a good defense, I'm like, The opening okay. drive to this game, Tyler. Just the quarter. Chef's scripted. Dan Mullen was doing everything he wanted with the running backs. Kadarius Tony, the development of Kadarius Tony is scary. Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts is still a monster. I saw people. I had a friend call me during the last couple minutes of the game. He's just like, "Where's Kyle Pitts been in the third quarter?" I'm like, "It's not like we've been struggling to move the ball." Like, um, I understand. That's the thing. There's so there's only so many offensive snaps to go around, and like, I, I just, what about the offenses there to complain about? No, I 100% and, agree. I don't, I don't think there is. And the thing is, what is nice, I think in today's age of college football, and with this particular season, mm-hmm. and the SEC being the way it is, I think it is more important this season to have a great offense than a great defense. I, I agree because that you can always said, yeah. you can always catch up points-wise. It's a matter of all you need is one stop versus... Oklahoma I has four touchdowns before. You know? Like, oh, yeah, like exactly. Even a bad defense can get a stop if it's about getting the right stop mm-hmm. and getting it's, off it's, the field it, on third downs. Yeah. And and again, yeah. And a lot of this probably being on the road and mm-hmm. um, situations regarding that, and it being an eleven o'clock local time kick. Um, which but I, have to, I and listen, but it, that's I, not I enough to excuse yeah. what happened. Those are factors, but that is those are not reasons. Factors, yeah. not reasons. So. Factors, not yeah explanations um, not excuses exactly exactly i think we just found our new our title for the episode tyler um all right we're gonna move on from the gators we're gonna talk about some other football games here uh tyler before we go on i i would well, I have the dolphin stream up here they cut to the cowboys game uh i want to say a prayer quickly for your boy dak prescott yeah his uh ankle I saw it. It, yeah, it yeah. i saw it his ankles hanging off and i hope he gets a speedy recovery i don't anticipate him being on the field anytime much longer season. anytime any season yeah so Prayers for him. Hope hope you're okay, Dak. Um, all right. So that that was just like super gruesome, and I had to just like get it off, you know, before yeah. we moved on. So, all right, Tyler. Absolutely. Staying in the SEC, a game that I told you would go over a hundred points, and by God, was I right? Oh, oh Alab- you were absolutely right. <laughs> Alabama sixty-three, Ole Miss forty-eight. Lane Kiffin led like multiple times in this game, <laughs> which was very surprising to me. Like, yeah. 
I was surprised. Like, good on him. Because which... I thought it would be like Alabama takes like a 14 nothing lead, and then it's just like trading touchdowns. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. And it's like a 14-point game, but, you know, it's like a 60-40 to 40 game, 60-50 to 50 something game, you know? Yeah. So, good on him. Uh, like we said, if you have an offense, you can stick around in the games. And Ole Miss is showing us that, like, I like they can stick around. I want to see Ole Miss play Auburn. I want to see Ole Miss play this A and M oh, team. Oh, it's, like, coming. it's these, coming. These are going to be fun games, and Ole Miss is going to be a lot better, a lot quicker than we thought. Yeah, I think this Lane Kiffin team is firing on all cylinders, and it looks fun and fantastic to be to like be able to watch it. So, shout out to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Uh, any next up, we got Notre Dame forty-two, FSU twenty-six. Uh, FSU was leading at one point. Moral way, victories. Real, real, real quick, I, I forgot to say this. I had to rewind. Yeah, you're um, good. The Alabama 63 Ole Miss 48. This is the third of, of the next, again, like I said last week, this is the third of the next 10 Ole Miss games that will all look exactly like this. Yeah, um, if, if, you, if, you, if you bet the under in an Ole Miss game, we need to have a serious that's conversation. You, that's on you, baby. Like, we have a serious conversation on how you're spending your money because <laughs> that's just not the smart thing to do. Just my give guy. us your money. We'll spend it better. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. If you saw the allegedly column this week, Tyler, mm. uh, you would know that there's always room on the napkin for the Ole Miss over. Always there is room. always room on the napkin for the right. Ole Miss over. As you were saying, though. As I was yeah. saying, FSU led at one point moral victories. Yeah. And that's literally the only reason I put it on here. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was I was with my uh, Florida State friend Blake Brandon as, yes, yes. as this game was going on, and at the end, he told me about the end of it, and he was just like, "Well, you know, last time we played Notre Dame like two years ago, we lost forty-two to ten. We're sixteen points better." <laughs> that <laughs> he literally was on, like, "That's progress." <laughs> looking on the bright side of things, love it from the FSU fan Poor base. Poor guy. Oh my gosh! But like we said, like I think we're at a point, Tyler, where. All right, I've seen FSU be like horrendously bad. I ca- I'm kind of cheering for them to get better now. <laughs> yeah, like like it's a it's one it's a big brother thing. It's like all right. So I, I used to constantly root for them to lose. And now I'm like, okay, if you win a couple, I wouldn't be upset at you. Yeah, like if- I want them. I know I know that every team is bowl eligible this season, but I want them to break bowl eligibility. That's my goal for them. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, Tyler, a game that had some question marks at the end of it. Auburn thirty, Arkansas twenty eight. Shout out! First of all, first of all, just Sam Pittman is a coach, coach of the year. Coach of the year already. Three games in, he he made Arkansas competitive. With that, Tyler, in limited practice time during a global pandemic. Imagine what this team could have done in a normal season. Oh my! They probably win this game. They probably you're not even joking, but they probably win this football game. You are 100 percent right. At they the led at the game, a certain point. Right at the end of the game, Auburn was down twenty-eight to twenty-eight to twenty-seven, and Bo Nix goes to take a spike, fumbles the snap, and then spikes the ball. Except he spiked it backwards, and then the ball bounced backwards. So wouldn't that be a fumble? Yeah, wouldn't that be a live ball? Yeah, it, it would have been a backwards pass counted, so it would have been a right. It wouldn't have just been a lateral, which would have been a fumble, which. Yeah, which should so, have I mean, been. I mean, I get where Arkansas the refs are. Com- I get where the refs are coming from in the sense of like you try to uphold the spirit of what the play was supposed to be, like, mm-hmm. and you're operating like under the, the. I mean, the refs are thinking, okay, this is a spike, and then, mm-hmm. so they just kept thinking that way instead of not really like take a step back and be like, um, wait a second. 
but then but then they go back they look at it and they decide that it's intentional grounding yeah so if if you're gonna throw a penalty like like if you're gonna throw the flag and you're gonna say this is intentional grounding then that means the spirit of the play wasn't a spike yeah so then, then if it wasn't a spike then you spike. can't get a grounding because it's, so, a, yeah, it's a backwards I mean, pass it's a that, lateral. that's my thing like it's refs it's are weird man it's I just think weird. I think that was a bad call. Yeah, no, I think it was a bad, a bad call. call that that cost Arkansas the game. I don't, well, I don't want to say cost them the game because it, there are places that could have been improved. Always, we, we we don't like to say that one thing causes a football game, but yeah, I mean, this our, is a well. It's, it's like sometimes you can find a case where there is a moment where mm-hmm. a call defines a football game. This I, is one of those. This is one of those. It's a strong case. It's a strong case. Now, it's a strong who, case. Who knows what would have happened afterwards? Right. And, you know, but we, yeah, because it, it's hard to say, like, unless it is on the literal last play of the game, anything mm-hmm. can happen. So it's, it's hard to say what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. So tough draw, Arkansas. But hey, look, Arkansas, you are being competitive in football games. You are taking it down to the wire. Like, take this weird coronavirus season. And these are all victories in my book, if, you're, if I'm an Arkansas fan. There is improvement. Mm-hmm. Sam Pittman ha- has an identity to this team. They are going back to the aggressive. We are going to recruit these big Arkansas boys that we and we are going to pound the football. We are going to have like a, it. a fantastic I game manager. Like there is not a better quarterback for this specific Arkansas team than Felipe Franks. I, I agree. Leading the football team, making the right decisions, good for them. All right, last one on rapid reactions, Tyler, because we got limited time and a lot of games to get to. Missouri forty-five, LSU forty-one. LSU. Is a bad football team. Tyler, LSU is a bad football team. It's bad. Here's the thing. And it's like, I hate to always relate it back to Florida, but this is how I, I tend to think about things. Um, Florida plays LSU next week at home. And while everybody's like, that game is going to be a lot of points. Don't Hit, the over. LSU's, Hit the over. LSU's offense isn't really their problem. It's no. their defense. You know, weird. It's kind of like Florida. Um, yep. However, the difference being that LSU has lost twice has lost to a Mississippi State team that we'll talk about in a, li- in a little bit. Yeah. I'm not really sure is that good. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost to Missouri in Missouri's first one of the season with a freshman quarterback with their new head coach. And where I, Here's the thing. Missouri can take a lot of things out of this game that's good. Missouri's not a good football team right now. No, they're not. Like, But Connor Baselak has four more years of eligibility because this is a gimme year. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Drinkowitz looked good. They were dialing up the offense they looked like fierce aggressive um mm-hmm. they didn't look scared so credit to missouri um but lsu lost to two not great teams and Florida i would, lost to at least a good team like, uh, yes I, I would like to point out though tyler in lsu's defense their community is going through a, a hurricane and yeah, this no, game absolutely. was an lsu home game scheduled for what was it like 7 30 yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a nighttime kickoff in Baton Rouge, was then moved to Columbia at noon, which is 11 a.m. local time. Yep. And LSU was technically the home team playing on the road. A very weird scenario. Yeah. Um, it's just not going well for LSU and goal line opportunities in games that are affected by hurricanes. It's just not the trend that they they're, they're, oh and two in those types of games in the past decade. Like they're the, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Sorry, yeah. When no, I, I mean, when I when I got the alert it was like they lose on a goal line stand, I was like, oh how apropos. How convenient is how that? How convenient is that? <laughs> oh God, that sucks. Um 
Yeah, I mean, LSU, Miles Brennan just looks fine. Like, LSU's offense is good, but the thing is, LSU, once again, we talk about it all the time. They kind of sold their soul to win a national championship last year. Not knocking that at all. You, would you do want to know why? Myself. Because <laughs> because you and I were talking about how LSU and Florida are kind of similar with good offenses, horrible defenses. Tyler, they have a natty. Okay. Yeah. Like, it, I'll take a natty if it means I have a bad defense. If, if this somehow defense showed we got, up this we year, got a championship but, out of this defense, it would be worth it. It's yes. Probably not gonna happen. But um, no, won't happen. Nope. That won't happen. But but you know, I, I worth it. Like yes. yes. Uh, they're just scoring points, and they're very young. Um, they look like a team that lost the majority of their roster. That's exactly from what it is. from the greatest offensive team in NCAA history. Like that's what they yeah. look like. They've got one receiver back from that roster. Their Jared defense, Mundell. who's was their like, best one? Like, their defense had like six draft picks and like another four or five graduates. Like yeah, this is a brand new team, and like we said, they are not a bad program. They are a bad team. A bad team. This year, and you don't lose okay. all that stuff and just automatically contend for the SEC West. It's okay. not happening. So, I was going to say that my Missouri take here is that, like, Missouri's not not a good football team. Not a good football team. But credit to um, credit to Eli, Eli Drinkwitz, right? Eli Drinkwitz. I, I, I keep wanting to say drink water, but it's not. Drinkwitz. <laughs> credit to Eli Drinkwitz because even though, you know, this is not a very good team, you got to win these types of games. These close games that I'm going to just say they were at Barry, home because they Barry were at Odom home wouldn't stadium. have won this game. Exactly. Like, it's the thing. Like, they, there's a lot of potential mm-hmm. to be taken away from this win that is very encouraging for Mizzou fan. Right. It's not going to materialize in mass this season. Again, no. just this, this this shows signs that they may Missouri may not right now be a bad program under Eli Drinkwitz. Correct. They're a bad team, but that's right. okay if you're a good program. Exactly. The, the arrow needs to be pointing up. And I feel like yeah. in um, – Arkansas's case, it's for sure pointing up. In Missouri's case, it's starting to get there, and that's an improvement for this year. Okay. All right, Tyler. Let's do this. Five wide. First game we had, Virginia Tech, 45. North Carolina, 56. Yet another Jeez. game of fantastic Jeez. points. Uh, Tyler, you picked Virginia Tech. I picked North Carolina. Future Minnesota Vikings quarterback Sam Howell did not let me down. He balled out. He balled out, Tyler. You know, this was a game that he hadn't hit a single pass beyond 20 plus yards all season. Like mm-hmm. he hit so many. And he said, game. he said, bet. <laughs> Gosh. He said, bet. It looked really good. He looked really good out there. Really and good. I think this was a case of, even though there were like multiple start and stops for North Carolina with the season and they didn't play for three weeks and this and that, this felt like they kind of got the kinks out, you know? This yeah, this definitely. this game felt like they they hundred percent got everything out. Future Minnesota Vikings quarterback Sam Howell went eighteen for twenty three, uh, two fifty seven and three touchdowns. Um, the scoring got up quick, twenty one nothing in the first quarter, and then it was thirty five fourteen at half. And then the second half started, and Hendon Hooker and Khalil Herbert decided, you know what, we're we're gonna screw we're, this. <laughs> we're gonna make this a game. Which credit to Virginia Tech because they were missing twenty something players, only three starters. So technically, their best talent was pretty much out there. But like we said, college football—it's about depth. It's about yeah. getting they players. They lost to get by eleven field. points. Yeah, the number eight team in the country on the road, with down twenty players, like and two and two position coaches. I mean, Virginia Tech is still ranked, rightfully so. Like, yeah, um, I feel like I feel like the poll the poll voters are looking at this, um, I look, looking at the Virginia Tech team and saying, "Wow, they are doing this, being competitive, and look really they look good." 
Like they they, they look, look good. they look good. They're good and they're missing a lot of people. Like wow, they deserve to be put in this situation. Absolutely. You know. So that on that, I got the point there, Tyler. So started off super strong in the noon spot, mm-hmm. but we gotta talk about Red River. We have Th- to talk. This about was Red the River. most Red River, Red Red River that ever's Red River. The 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 most Red River so rivalry that Red River rivalry could ever Red River rivalry. Let's take it down to Dallas, Tyler, where <laughs> number twenty-two ranked Texas Longhorns put up forty-five points, but alas, it was not enough as the Oklahoma Sooners put up fifty-six. That's right. 56 points in the fourth overtime period to beat their long rival, the Texas Longhorns. Is this your 1940s Gus Johnson? I, I'm trying. College football. It's, it's Fox just... Sports. <laughs> Hulu has live sports. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Tyler, we both went with the Sooners. We both were correct. I want to talk about how at the how this game was just back and forth and wild in every facet of the game. Spencer Rattler like, was benched in this game. Was he benched or did he have a shoulder okay. injury? Uh, I, I thought he was benched, but they never confirmed if it was a shoulder he injury. T- he Considering he was the... back out like two two series later, maybe he wasn't That's what I think because he took a fall on the shoulder. When he got up, he was like messing with it. He went over, he got it looked at. And then he didn't go out for two plays, but bad job on the Fox broadcast because when I went back to watch these highlights, they didn't mention the shoulder stuff. They, he was just like not this in the This is game. why I was confused. I was just like, yeah. oh. Well, as I look up, because it happened to say it was Florida game, but I saw it on another screen. Mm-hmm. Like, I look up and Tanner Mordecai is on the field, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, oh, no. Is it that bad? No, no but I mean, it wasn't. He went, look, no. he went 23 for 35, 209, three touchdowns, threw a pick. But I want to remind but everyone, he is a first-year quarterback, and he just played a mistakes. But and he played a big game in the biggest rivalry game that Texas has. It's gonna happen. Things are gonna he, happen. Yeah, and I mean, on the other side, credit to Sam Ellinger played his butt off in this game. Like, mm-hmm. Look, Gus Johnson even said on the broad on the broadcast, he said at one point when Sam Ellinger scored a touchdown, I was like, "Look at those broad shoulders carrying his team, his university, his program on his back." And there has never been a more accurate statement regarding Sam Ellinger. Yes. <laughs> like, Sam Ellinger. Carry, carrying this team. He and it's still is not Texas enough. football. He is yeah. Texas football. Um, but uh, Oklahoma, the overtime periods of this game were insanely fun to watch. Yes. Which included Texas getting a kick blocked. <laughs> and the Oklahoma setting up the next part of their overtime just to get this kick. And Burkick shanks it. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Resulting in another bit of overtime, in which case um, Spencer Rattler throws a dime on the move yeah. to Bob Stoops' son. Yep. Um, and then the next series, Sam Ellinger throws a pick in a case where it's like, it's another case of these teams don't have good defenses, but they just got one stop. Yep. Just need that one stop. And there were a lot of turnovers in this game, too. And so. Lincoln Riley, bold strategy to be moving the football on this Texas defense all game long and decide, you know what we're going to do here? We're going to try to kick a field goal. Like just put it in the end zone and win the game, dude. Yeah. Put it in the end zone and win the game. This was a fantastic overtime uh, sequence. It was great. It was everything that red river could have been. And once again, the big 12 is just in flux and we don't know who it is. I would argue it's more fun because there is this big parody scene and ironically, yeah. the two two best teams in the conference are now Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Yeah, baby. <laughs> like, 
Look at this, this man. This is everything I've ever hoped for. That would be a fantastic Big 12 title game. I am here for it. <laughs> We're going to get game day in Ames oh. for the Oklahoma State game. <laughs> I freaking hope so. Going to be great. Going to be great. So we both picked Oklahoma. We got the points on that one. Tyler, Tennessee took on Georgia. We both picked Georgia. We both got the points here. But this was a closer game than we expected in the first three quarters. Okay, yeah, I have two real big takeaways from this game. Uh-huh. I didn't Georgia. see a single second of this game. I went back, I watched the highlights, but I feel like this was a game that you needed to see everything going on to fully understand. Yeah. Yeah. I could I couldn't get certain things from the highlights is what I want. This to is say. an this is another case of of Georgia Georgia kind of messing around. Yeah. And then eventually the inevitability of their running game taking over and their then, talent takes took yeah. over. So I've got two big takes is that Georgia is one of two confirmed good defenses in this country mm-hmm. um, in college football this year. The other being Alabama. Georgia, I was going to say Clemson. but <laughs> Oh, I like the Alabama, I like the Alabama defense. Okay. Because I was going to argue that it was three. I was going to throw Alabama. Okay, yeah. Well, there's there's three teams that I'm I'm like confirmed are hashtag good. That's Clemson, mm-hmm. Alabama, and Georgia. Like yep. everyone else is like got real big holes that mm-hmm. we've seen so far. And even Georgia's, like, on a kind of tier below those other two teams. Right. Um, but the other thing is, like, I got to say this. With a legitimately good quarterback, Tennessee mm-hmm. could really be something. Because, yes. like, Jared Gartano made some plays to Josh Palmer. That was the reason they scored as many points as they did. Also, mm-hmm. they started the game up 7-0 because of a bad snap by right. Georgia, which was wild to watch yeah. in person. But, but then I... This raises the question. So, with a legitimate QB, Tennessee could really be something. Mm-hmm. However, that promising to raise the question: Are they ever going to get a legitimately good QB under Jeremy Pruitt? Because we've said that same thing about um, Will Muschamp for about ten years now. Yeah, and it's never happened. Here's my thing: When he had it, when he had Will Greer, mm-hmm. well, that was Jim McLean. But but he recruited him. Okay. But he recruited him. That's my point. He had him. He ended up losing the job because he was he wouldn't play him, but he had the quarterback. We saw what a primarily like the 2015 team is all Muschamp's players. We saw yeah. what those players could do with a capable quarterback like Greer. I think that the 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 land is fertile for that to happen, Tyler. But like you, I don't know if Pruitt. Granted, Pruitt is a much smaller sample size in terms of time as a head football coach. But yeah. there are a lot of similarities between Muschamp and Pruitt. It's so similar. And I don't think that this is something that – they need that one quarterback to transcend. And I, I don't see that happening at Tennessee because – because let me ask you this. If you are one of those high-level quarterbacks and you're being recruited, let's say just – let's just stay in the conference. Let's not even take outside Ohio State and Notre Dame and like other big – You're being recruited by everyone in the conference? Let's say you're being recruited by everyone in the conference and you are a blue-chip – for sure going to hit quarterback, where do you want to go? Because I can tell you right now, I would take I would take Ole Miss over Tennessee if I'm a quarterback that wants to throw You're the football quarterback, I would take Alabama. I would take Florida. I would take Ole Miss. I'd take LSU. Now, LSU has done enough for mm-hmm. their for their identity to change to be more quarterback friendly. Yep. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't – I wouldn't take Georgia if you're just looking at quarterbacks, but if you mm-hmm. want to win as a quarterback, you'd probably go to Georgia. Right. Um, I would take Ole Miss in terms of having fun. Absolutely. I would take Mississippi State because you know that's an area you you're going to put up thousands of yards. Stats. Like, 
So we listed, what, seven programs between both divisions already that you would take over Tennessee? Yeah. It's tough. It's tough, man. Yeah. And I don't know if it can happen. I'm with you on that. So we'll, It's a we'll shame because that was the difference in this football game. That was the difference is that Tennessee has a greatly increased their talent margin. Right. Uh, their offensive line is filthy. It's, it's filthy. ridiculous, dude. Um, can, hey, hey, LSU, you got any more of the, you got any more than linemen you want to give us? <laughs> um, but that is ultimately like, with a legitimately great QB, mm-hmm. a good college quarterback, Tennessee can win this game. Yeah. But I, they don't have that, and I just don't think that under Jeremy Pruitt, as we've been seeing so far, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Because we say, again, like I said, we say it about Will Muschamp all the time. Like, he got these great defenses. If he gets a good quarterback, it's lights out. We're going to we're gonna be great. And the thing is, is that these quarterbacks keep coming, and they end up not being great at yeah. the schools. They but, stall. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Yep. So. All right, let's anyway. Let's, let's move on. We both got points. We, we both got good. points on that one. We had Miami putting up 17 points against Clemson, putting up 42. Uh, we both put Clemson. We both got the points. Tyler, the only way I can sum up this game is I saw the first half of this game before Alex and I had movie night. Um, and while she was being super nice and love her to death, she was she was putting up because I didn't get to watch much football, so I was like, just give me like a bit of a game. Um, so I was watching the game. And uh, I don't know who it was, man, but Trevor Lawrence danced around the pocket and pulled away and he and he found someone and they broke three tackles and they made it the 45 yard end touchdown. And she looked at me and she was like, but they're good. I was like, yeah, man. Yeah. (laughs) Good. I was like, yeah, you're watching the only you're watching one of you're watching one of two NFL teams that play college football. That's what you're watching right now. Basically. She was like, I wow. have, and then she was take, like, he to Trevor Lawrence, he looks like the guy from, and I was like, Sunshine from, from the Titans, yeah, 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 that's it. We that's made it. this joke for three years now. <laughs> yep. yep, get on, get on with it, Lex. Come on, come on. <laughs> um, I have got, yeah. This, so something to take away from this game, uh, Miami, Clemson is just on another level. Yeah, Miami's a good football team. Like Miami was reverted back to what they had against UAB, which is their entire offense was the Derrick King scramble drill. Yes. And I'm sorry, that's not good enough. <laughs> and and this is the blueprint that teams who are going to play Miami need to follow. You need to watch the UAB tape because in the first half, that UAB team, which is a good defense nationally, that mm-hmm. UAB team was causing trouble. Clemson, we have already said it, is an NFL team. They were causing trouble. Yeah. Like, that's the blueprint. There is literally only one thing that Clemson is bad at. It's kicking field goals. Oh, I thought you were going to say losing. Yeah, they're pretty <laughs> bad at that too. Yeah, if the objective of the game was to lose, they would be the worst team in the country. They would. Um, they really would. But no, they, they they're not good at kicking field goals. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. no, it doesn't. They're, they're so good. Otherwise, um, it, like Trevor Lawrence looked amazing, and he wasn't even really the star of this game. And Travis Etienne was the star of this game. Yeah, he was balling. Because you keep forgetting all the talk is always about Trevor Lawrence, and you keep forgetting. Oh yeah. Like they do have a there, first round running back. Yeah, exactly. There's a potential first rounder. There are two first rounders in that backfield. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. It's insane, man. It's insane. Um. Okay. So then, quickly, who challenges Clemson? Because Miami didn't. And Notre Dame's the only team that I could see doing it if things bounce their way. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame's got enough of a smart quarterback, and mm-hmm. yeah. It's one of those things where, like, they've already played. Ian Book has played Clemson before, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that'll count to anything, right? Um, because he's gotten better. I think he's just 
we'll see. But I almost like Trevor Lawrence is like three times better than he was when he played that game as a freshman. So do you think? Do you think um, the fact that North Carolina doesn't play Clemson in the regular season helps them or hurts them if they were to them. if if they were to make it to the title game? I think it helps them. Okay. I don't think you gain anything by playing the more talented team twice. Okay, cool. Because in that case, just averaging your talent wins out. So yep. you want, in this particular case, you want... Because North Carolina, I think, is a good and talented team. Clemson's just on another level. But I want so to remind everyone... you want to limit how many times you play them. Right. I want to remind everyone that last year in Chapel Hill, that was the game that everyone looked at when said, are we sure Clemson's the best team in the country? Because then they ignored the next eight games. That then they, they forget. Yeah, yeah, they said forget all that. Points, but um, but I just want to say, Mac Brown knows how to contain a Clemson team that that lost a lot of players. So it's a matter of can those players develop yeah. into the other ones. You know what I mean? That that's why my preseason pick of Clemson and North Carolina. That's I wasn't too crazy. I was looking too, like it's still like yeah. Pretty, I didn't think it was too old. crazy. I didn't think it was too too much i didn't think i was biting too much on the future minnesota vikings quarterback sam Howell hype train yeah let's so get let's get it all right i'm so glad i'm so glad i started that um yeah i only refer to him i dude i i we, can't think of him in any other way because like the vikings are still connected are still tied to kirk cousins but not next year that's what i'm saying you dude. know they're gonna be looking at him. well the year after because he's he would be a, a true junior next year yeah he'd have to wait one more year but yeah. i i refer to him as that in class dude like People know if I'm talking about Sam Howell, I'm going to say future Minnesota future Vikings Minnesota quarterback, quarterback Sam, Sam Howell. Howell. That's his yeah. name to me. So, last one on five wide, Tyler Mississippi State two, <laughs> Kentucky twenty four. I picked Mississippi State. You pick Kentucky. Like an idiot, <laughs> Tyler. Don't even like an idiot to me. We both both know no, it was a there is game. no way you could have anyone could have predicted this, <laughs> Tyler. Tyler, I picked Mississippi State on. My allegedly column this week, I picked Mississippi State money line. Like, I was, it made the napkin. You were so confident. Tyler, when you look at Kentucky, they were dead last in pass defense. What did they go do? The, the Mississippi State threw 70 times and didn't score a touchdown. Kentucky had like five interceptions. And Mississippi State's defense, I actually think, is pretty good, like, for what, the, for what their team is. And Kentucky still, like, they, they kind of contained Kentucky for the most part. And they lost by 22 points, and they only scored on a safety. Mike Leach, what? And this, again, is informing a lot of that LSU win. Yes. Everything yes. that's happened with LSU and everything that's happened with Mississippi State has come to us to realize, be like, oh, maybe both of these teams are bad. <laughs> maybe we're looking at, like, two of the worst three teams in the division. <laughs> yeah. Ay, yeah, yeah, just, Jeez. just insanity. Did you see after the game, we, we, we have gone full Mike Leach. Oh, after my the God, game, yeah. he's calling out his players, saying if they don't want to be here, they should leave. Walk if you don't want to, if you don't want to buy in the culture, blah blah blah. Like, oh my gosh, this is like year three of a Leach program, and it is week three. God. This is insane. It's everything I've ever wanted. I love it. I love it to death. Um, you get the point on that one. Let's go to two point. Where I was going to take FAU over, who did we play? Southern Miss. Southern Miss. But due to the coronavirus pandemic, that game was postponed. And so I sat Friday night, late Friday night, texted Tyler. We made a decision. I tweeted it out in the morning on Saturday. And it is I. it was Iowa State over Texas Tech, which I emphatically got, 31-15. to 15. Uh, I just want to say, Tyler. Still mad. 
Uh, no, no, don't be mad. Don't be mad. Just, you know, I, I would like to ask for forgiveness from the the conductor of the Brock Purdy hype train, from the, the, the Brock Mobile, um, the Brockosaurus. Uh, uh, I would I would like to ask forgiveness I'm publicly. I'm the Purdy coordinator. I'm the Brock Purdy coordinator. You are. I would like to ask forgiveness publicly on this podcast. Tyler, do you forgive me for jumping ship too early? Because you have asked so politely. Yes. I will forgive you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You better not do it again. <laughs> I, I will not. I will be gracious. You of can my... pick against him, sure, but don't jump off the train like you Correct. said you did last I time. I did. I did. Two weeks ago, I was on this very same podcast, Tyler, saying I'm off. I'm off the Brockmobile. You're off the train. I was off the. What did they do train. the next week? They beat Oklahoma. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, you get two points. There. I do get two points for that. They're Thank you, Brock Purdy. Tyler, your two point conversion game did not look pretty good. You picked Louisville to beat yeah. our Waffle House University bees, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. See what and, I was really trying to do is I was jinxing jinxing it so that we can get uh-huh. our Waffle House University bees a win. Yeah. I'm okay. sticking to that. I'm sticking okay, to that. Okay, Tyler. Okay. Georgia Jeez. Tech dominated 46 to 27. This was a Friday night game, so you you got to watch this in prime time. I here's the thing. I didn't get to watch it cuz like so on Friday nights here for during fall like I go shoot high school football. Oh, that's right. That's and right. And I traveled an hour and a half away to freaking Sneeds, which you know, they won, so good for them. Um, but uh, I had to try her an hour and a half away where there's, like, no streetlights um, to cover oh, this oh, football game. One of those? This is how far. No, I was – it's one of those things you're driving back. I was like, oh, God. I'm like – it's the thing you see in a movie yeah. where, like, you just see the lines on the road. Uh, you can't see anything else. You're just in darkness and there's forests. And every four the way, miles quick, there's a quick McDonald's. Quick sidetrack. I almost ran over a beagle that was just – Tyler, yeah, okay. I didn't mean to. This this dog must have been blind and deaf because he was just chilling in the middle of the road. Oh, so my. I swerve, miss him for a second. There, I'm like, the fact that the dog didn't move at all made me think I was hallucinating. Then the car <laughs> directly behind me did the same thing. Okay, good. <laughs> it's like, all right, we'll get Tyler. Be careful. Side- I haven't We're... talked to anyone about that. Like, we are gonna lose the potential Humane Society sponsorship, Tyler. I didn't though. I I was the hero. I saved okay, this beagle for, and I alerted the car behind me. You okay, did. you did. And I and then I come back, uh, drive an hour and a half back to the station. I'm editing my highlights. I look up at my monitor in my office, which were the ABC stations. It was on ABC. Mm-hmm. And then I see the scorecard. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually dude. I'd be so happy, but I'm not <laughs> because you picked the wrong one. Yeah. So because I picked North Carolina and you picked Kentucky, those canceled out, which means that my gain this week was a whole two points. Tyler, it's now a one possession game. You coming? I'm coming. The score is now Tyler. I gotta lock down. I can't. Tyler. See, I can't be a Florida out here and just waste away a lead. You can't be blowing this defense, dude. Tyler 22, Sergio 16. It is a six point game. Let's go, baby. I'm coming back. I'm I'm gonna chip off of this lead slowly but surely. Okay. All right. I will. You, I you will. Believe. I'm I'm just baiting you so you think you have a chance. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Tyler, uh, before we sign off, what is your moment of the week? 
moment of the week. We're going to go back to the Arkansas-Auburn game. Yes. Um, where Auburn has a 300-pound tight end <laughs> that they lined up in the Wildcat. Big boy. He took the ball. He ran. And he got positive yards out of this. He not only did a spin move, then he hurdled a man <laughs> to get the first down. Gus Malzahn, you found your true calling. This, this, Bench Bo Nix, this is your quarterback. I think after the... I'm, I'm, I'm officially calling for it. Bench Bo Nix, make this man your quarterback. I think after the intentional grounding that wasn't supposed to be intentional grounding, fake spike fumble thing, I'd have to agree. Let's put this guy in. What's... Why what do you got to lose? What do you what got, you got to, to lose? Except for your games. What do you got to lose? Your games and, and your job. Maybe and, your you job. Know. But we, here's the thing. Auburn's never going to fire you. We, no. We, we. They haven't done it yet. They're not going to do it Is this an now. even year? Yes. This is an, an even year. year. So they're supposed to be bad, which means just like have fun. Yeah, just go crazy. Yeah, why not? Like, here's the thing. They're going to they're gonna do or don't fire him until Nick Saban retires. And then they're going to be like, oh, it's our chance. We don't want to have to hire a new coach. So they're just going to keep him for another five years. He's been like the longest tenured Auburn head coach. And have like a national championship appearance to show yeah, for but, it. Yeah, but but he'll he'll be above five hundred against Bama, and that will that's be like thing. that'll be the that's thing on his keeps, plaque. That's what keeps getting him a job when it they eventually him, build uh, they a Malzahn statue. Saban. Yeah, when they build a Malzahn statue, that's what it's gonna say. Was a was over five hundred against Alabama. That's what the plaque's gonna say. <laughs> it's gonna be so funny explaining to our kids one day. Well, they're talking about Gus Malzahn, and we're like, wow, that's. Like, there's going to be a shot of Auburn, and they, you know, on game day, and they're going to go across campus. They're going to have a statue of Gus Malzahn, and our kids will be like, oh, Gus Malzahn. And we'll just, like, kind of throw out, be like, wow, that is – I never really would have thought that they would have given him a statue. And they'll be like, why? And I'm like, see, guys, you got to understand something. <laughs> Gus Malzahn only got that statue because they wouldn't fire him. <laughs> he just wouldn't leave. Gus Malzahn accidentally got a statue. Yeah. Oh, man. I wonder – I wonder if we are speaking into existence a Gus Malzahn statue. <laughs> I, 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 Tyler, if that happens, we need to go to when they do it. Take a picture with it. Take a picture with it. Tell them, you know, you don't have to give us credit. Just like we, we would like timestamp. We we'd like we to go to an progress. Iron Bowl one day. Just hook it up just give there. Me one sideline pass. You don't so even have just, to do it every just one time. Ty, we can rotate quarters, Tyler. We can rotate quarters. It'll be great. That's all we need. Absolutely. All right, man. My moment of the week. I'm going to move it over away from college football. Nice. My Friday evening. My Friday, I went to Portland, Maine with Alexa. Portland, we had a fantastic little, little, day, little day there. It was, it was very nice. But at night, we were watching the Heat game. And I just want to say shout out. My moment of the week is Jimmy Butler, who put up another triple-double in the finals, was able to win the basketball game to send it to game six, which starts in four minutes, which is why we have to wrap up. <laughs> and <laughs> now you know when we're recording. Um, and he played all but 43 seconds. He played 47 out of 48 minutes, Tyler. This man in the press conference afterwards, he finished it, and there was a, someone recording it. He gets up from the Zoom podium, and this man walked like my 72-year-old grandfather before he passed away I a decade saw ago. That video. Dude, he was hobbling. This- this man is giving literally everything. Old else. man, like he he looks like a sixty five year old grandfather who just finished playing tennis. He was like, "Oh my god!" Like back in my day, type of walk. Like, oof. Mm-hmm. so shout out to Jimmy. Hopefully, you know we can pull out another one tonight. Force a game seven. Um, yeah, go our Miami humidity. Love yeah, to hear, go love Miami to humidity. So that was my moment of the week. Um, well, my moment of the week was not Tyler for sure was that Gator game. So let's hope that next week 
we are able to just improve against LSU. Yeah. We will talk about what we want to see from the Gators in our next episode when we preview our week I mean, six games. At this point, Dan Mullen, you just coordinate the defense. Just do whatever pisses you off when you call plays. Like, I, I, We have to say it before we go off. We forgot to mention it, and this is by our negligence. Dan Mullen, in the post-game press conference, yeah. is talking about wanting 90,000 fans in the swamp because it was a competitive advantage for A&M because they okay. had 20-something thousand. I don't care how mad you are, Dan. I'm going to call you Dan at this point. I love yeah. you, Dan. I Coach. really do. Coach, Dan, I love you. Dan. Let's, let's sit down here. We can't have 90,000 fans no, in the swamp. That's irresponsible. That's irresponsible. And it is. there is no excuse for you to say that on a public forum knowing that that is going to blow up and put pressure on the university, yeah. on Scott Strickland, on all of them. It's irresponsible. Being and, and, mad about a loss is not an excuse for that. Yeah. And I see, I get where the frustration comes from and just in the sense of like, they even said on the broadcast, I don't know if you heard, but like, they were supposed to be about thir- they were supposed to be allowed to have thirty thousand people at A and M. Dave Pash said on the national broadcast of ESPN, like I'm pretty sure they're over thirty thousand. Like, do you, do you know what the official number was? I looked it up. The what? official number was twenty four thousand. That's the lie. That's like, a lie. That's a lie. Um, so just like, like it, just like the Georgia game comes from, yeah. but it doesn't make it okay. And I, I don't think part of me doesn't think he really thought that but that doesn't make it okay to get take like that emotion overcome exactly and overtake you yep. and say something stupid when you're in the position that you are in 100 percent agree so listen i i know this is a big statement i would rather lose with a limited capacity crowd than win with ninety thousand in the swamp i agree i in for this year i agree because that is a ninety thousand. that is a, that is a death sentence to yeah some people oh yeah for sure this is gainesville i if listeners if you've never been to gainesville number one you should go Number two, it's a lot of old people, and a I'm lot. and I'm not trying to say that in like a demeaning way. Like, no, there's it's, a it's, lot of old people. It's that college, live there. it's college kids, and old people, and the people in the middle are the ones that work at the university or run businesses. That's it. So by packing ninety thousand people in the swamp, that are then going to go out to bars, that are then going to go out to Publix, that are then going to go out to the mechanic, all this stuff is going to circulate around Alachua County. And ACRs, Alachua County residents, what we call them, ACRs are going to get affected. Like, that is irresponsible, yeah, that's Dan. that's not okay. It's irresponsible. No. So, it's sorry. I know that the university and Scott Strickland are not going to cave to that. But, no, like, not at all. It's still not, not okay to say. Exactly. It, it, and and it's not okay to put your bosses in a pub position publicly like that for yeah. something of that caliber. You even have to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so... Anyway, all right, got that off my chest. I just I remembered it in the moment. No, we, yeah, I, we I remember at the that. beginning of the pod, I was going to mention it, and I just blew up on it. So sorry about that. That holding it to the end. I hope you made it to the end and you listened to that, so you know our position. I will put it in the show notes, so you know exactly what it, what we where we stand. Tyler, we'll talk about the LSU game next week. We'll go through five wide. We'll go through two point. We'll pick those games. And hopefully by this point, Dan Quinn will be the new defense coordinator at the University of Florida. I oh, joke. I joke. Oh, you joke. You do joke. But I wouldn't mind seeing a new face on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> um, that has been it for this episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but defense, please. Just Gator something. Defense. Gator standard, man. Gator like, standard. Go Gators. God.